Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Adam Burrish and I dive into the Game 4 victory over the Edmonton Oilers, the Blackhawks taking the qualifying round series three games to one, advancing to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll also look at the chemistry of Jonathan Taves and Dominic Kubelik combining once again on the game-winning goal, and we'll look ahead to the two possible opponents for the Blackhawks in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. It's showtime. In the playoffs, it's win or go home. With Chevy, it's win and go home. In a new Chevy car, truck, or SUV. Check out shop, click, and drive at your local Chevy dealer. Shop online 24-7 and take delivery at home. It's simple, it's safe, it's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive. Eye it, try it, buy it, whatever it takes. Your local Chevy dealers, proud sponsors of the Chicago Blackhawks. 20 left, Russell threw it down low, got it back. Russell spins it out, nerves a shot off the side of the net. Camp came up with it. Looking to eat it, he could not. Here's a long clip shot, broken up by Camp. He tries to get it out. What a play, Nurse to keep it alive. Neal to Nurse the shot. He fired it wide. Hawks win. Hawks win. The Chicago Blackhawks have won a series for the first time since the Stanley Cup championship of 2015. As the the horn sounded, a poor hit by Anthony CU. Hawks don't like it. Who cares at this point? Hawks win! Series over! They're into the final 16! Welcome into Blackhawks insider Carter Baum alongside Adam Burrish once again. Burr, it's our fourth episode recapping the qualifying round, and I'm not sad to say it's our last episode recapping the qualifying round because the Blackhawks have officially punched their ticket to the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, a 3-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers in Game 4. They win the series 3-1, to one, uh, do what a lot of people didn't think they could do and overcome the Edmonton Oilers. They now await the winner of the Colorado-Vegas Golden Knights game on Saturday to figure out who they're going to play in the first round. Yeah, Carter, I don't think there's a whole lot of people other than me and you that would have predicted Blackhawks squeaking out of this thing. Um, what a series. Uh, for me, it was the most entertaining series of these qualifying rounds. Uh, it was back and forth. It was wide open. felt like racehorse hockey at time. I'm sure the coaches uh, were having heart attacks on the bench. They hate open games like that, um, but it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Um, talk about some jam and some moxie from the Hawks. So hanging in there against a, an Edmonton team that has some crazy firepower up front. They, um, they're they tough to defend against. Connor McDavid uh, is it, it puts everybody on their heels and they just hung in there. Um, they fought, they battled offensively. Um, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't think the Hawks would be able to put up four five, six goals a night to win every night against this Oilers team, but the way their power play was clicking, I knew special teams were going to be important. I knew power plays were going to win you games. You'd get five, six, seven opportunities a night. I just thought that was a tough matchup for the Hawks with such a dangerous power play, but, 
they hung in there. I, I, I you can never doubt. I, I do know that about this group of guys. I played with a lot of them. I know them. I do know that when you tell them they can't do something or when you count them out or when they hear people in the media say, I don't think they got a chance. It pisses them off and they deliver almost every time. And and I knew that about these guys. That's why I would, that's why when, when, when my friends and other people would ask, what do you think is going to happen? Do they have a chance? I said, yeah, they have a chance. Cause they got three or four guys that you might've heard of with Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford, Jonathan Taves. They got a few of these big name guys that, that like to deliver. And those guys delivered in a big, big way in that elimination game. You mentioned the power play from Edmonton. They go 0 for 5 on the night officially. They had a goal that came just two seconds after one of those penalties ended from Chicago. But the first game all series, Jonathan Tave said that they, they had an answer for the Oilers' power play. And that really seemed to be the difference uh, through two periods. It definitely looked like Chicago was ready to be the better team going into the third and Edmonton was kind of playing on their heels when we expected them to just come running out of the gate with their backs against the wall. Well, that was the difference. They go for five at a power play that was clicking at, Oh God, it must've been around 40%. I think Carter. And, um, you know, that's the game. You, you're able to stop this power play. That's the best power play Edmonton's had in 40 years. Um, you're going to win a hockey game against this team because that's where they get their offense from. That's where they get their scoring from. They didn't defend well the whole series. The Blackhawks forwards did an awesome job putting big-time pressure on the Edmontons' defense. The the goal by Kubalik at the end with the forecheck by Taves, that puck probably should have been cleared by the Oilers defenseman, but Taves just hounded him. He stayed on him. He stayed on him creates a turnover. I can guarantee you that's what the guys were talking about in the locker room. That's what the coaching staff was telling these guys that you're going to create a lot of turnovers in the offensive zone. If you put some heat on these Oilers defensemen and the forecheck for the Hawks was great. It was, it was better than it was in the regular season. Um, I think they sensed it. I think they sensed they could put some pressure on those defensemen. And if they did, they'd get chances and ended up to be a great forecheck that caused a turnover by Taves. And he was able to throw that out to Kubalik, and that's the series right there. So uh, big time, big time, uh, great forechecking and great energy by the Hawks forwards. Just completing a, an incredible series from Jonathan Taves, led the Blackhawks with seven points, uh, four goals, three assists, including two assists last night. He moved into second all-time in Blackhawks playoff games played, surpassing um, Dennis Savard for sole possession of second place. And he's now only about 20 games behind uh, Stan Makita. So some incredible names he's up there with, continuing to lead by example. And uh, you mentioned it, that that third goal was just pure will on his part, almost uh, on the forecheck to not only lift the stick and steal it, but put it right in the sweet spot for Dominic Kubelik to just fire a one-timer on goal. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And, you know, I don't you don't say it often. And, and those Kubelik and Taves have been a, a great combo. And you always hear Taves, and it's true that he does make players around him better. He makes you elevate your game. He, You see the way he works and you see what he demands out of himself and he demands that out of everybody else. So he makes people around him um, have to play at a higher level and have to compete harder and have to do extra um, things out there that outside of their comfort zone because you see he, doing, he does them. Kubalik makes Taves better too. And it's pretty neat and it's pretty cool to say that, but he makes Taves better because he puts himself in situations that Taves can get him the puck and he can get Taves the puck. You think about game one when Kubalik sets up Taves for some nice goals. Uh, last night it was vice versa, but he makes Taves better too. Uh, he makes Taves' job a little bit easier. Um, Taves plays really well with guys that can get on pucks and support pucks and be close to him because he's such a hound. 
on the puck and Taves is a 200 foot player, but at times it's hard for a centerman that's a 200 foot player uh, to do that for three periods and be the only guy in there. He needs support. He needs guys close to the puck. He needs guys that are puck hounds also. So at times he can hang out a little higher in the slot and find some open space and conserve some energy. And Kubelik does that. They play a very similar game and uh, he allows Taves to take some chances offensively. Uh, he allows Taves to jump in on the forecheck, knowing that it creates a turnover. Kubalik will be close by, and that was the game winner last night. Kubalik, he could have been you know, on the wall. He could have been just right tight in front of the net, but he was in a little soft spray area around the dot. And Taves is a smart player. He knows where guys should be when he creates a turnover, and he almost didn't have to look. He just kind of threw it in that area, and it ends up in the net. So um, those two guys have been great together. And Kubalik, uh, he does a lot of little things out there in the game uh, that go unnoticed. Um, but as a teammate, I'd love to play with a guy like that because he makes smart plays. He puts himself in, in spots when you don't have to look. You know where a guy should be, uh, a good player should be, and, and he's always in that spot close by for great support. So uh, those two guys got some serious chemistry going on right now. And, and not to not to mention, Saad was great too. I mean, he's been fantastic this series too. He's kind of getting overshadowed a little bit. But that line, um, you know, that line single-handedly was, was the best uh, was the best line for the Blackhawks this whole series. They were just, they were big time players. Yeah, a little wraparound from Brandon Saad to equalize after yet another game where the Oilers score early 45 seconds in uh, to game four. But Brandon Saad answered real quickly right away. Matthew Highmore with his second goal in as many periods uh, right there at the end of the first to really give Chicago a two to one lead. And they didn't look back. They got. We, we've talked about Corey Crawford and how he was looking good throughout the first few games of the series, you know, coming off of uh, dealing with COVID-19 and only having – yesterday was his 14th day on the ice since coming back from that, which uh, is I think speaks volumes when you look at – he had his hands-down best performance in Game 4, stopping 43 pucks, including 20 in the third period. We talked about that Kubelik goal where the Blackhawks go up 3-2 to two. That woke up almost the Oilers, and that's when you really see them starting to play. And Corey Crawford stood on his head in that third period and uh, almost single-handedly closed out that game, although he got a lot of help in front of him, clearing out rebounds, taking sticks, uh, and as he described it after the game, a total team effort. Yeah, it was a, a big Corey Crawford effort, too, and he wouldn't say that, but he has to be exhausted today. Um, that was an onslaught in the last you know, seven, eight minutes of that of that third period. And when you keep the Edmonton's power play uh, 0 for 5, when they go 0 for 5 in a game, um, I know Jonathan Taves said they, they had an answer for their power play. The main answer was Corey Crawford still. Um, there's only so much as penalty killers you can do. You got to hope they miss a couple shots. You got to hope they miss a couple passes. You got to put, hopefully you can, your pressure can create some chaos on their power play, which the Hawks did. They pressured at great times. They made them uncomfortable. The Oilers uncomfortable. Um, but still, Corey Crawford uh, had to be amazing, and he was. And Carter, we've talked about it a couple times since we started back up at this podcast again, how he's underappreciated in the league, how he doesn't get talked about enough. Again, you have an elimination game, and is there another goalie in the league that you'd rather have than Corey Crawford? I watched the games yesterday. I watched some other elimination games. You go to the go to the Columbus game. Um, they're up 3-0 with three minutes left, and their goaltender lets two goals in on the ice, five-hole and one that was a great shot. But there's something to be said about a goalie that uh, has some special confidence and some coolness and 
a little bit of jam and net where I just, I'm, I'm good, man. And it gives your teammates confidence that they're not getting one by me in a big, big time game. And that's Corey. Uh, there's not a guy in, a, in an elimination game that's playing right now in goal in this playoffs uh, that I'm taking over Corey Crawford. And he proved it again last night. You mentioned some of the other elimination games. Chicago, one of two 12 seeds to advance on the day. Montreal also taking a three to one series over the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Edmonton and Pittsburgh, two uh, real not f- maybe favorites but really highly thought of teams coming into the postseason so a couple of big upsets there and uh, Burr it seemed like with every single game Chicago kept getting better and better you had game two where Drake Kajula's out you have to maybe kind of tweak your lines a little bit you don't come out from the start we talked about that but other than that it really seemed like there was a strong progression from game to game for Chicago from games one through four and now you've got a team that kind of has that momentum has that competitive edge, that uh, do-or-die mentality from this qualifying round, and you're going to face a team that's essentially played a couple exhibition games for the last week, uh, and maybe not with that same intensity. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see not only with Chicago but around the league how these qualifying teams do because they kind of got the momentum right now and they're going in to face teams that yeah had a better regular season, but you know all bets are off right now and they haven't really been playing that do or die game. So it'll be interesting to see, at least in my mind, how those series kind of start to play out, especially in game one. Yeah, it's a good point, Carter. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it that way that, you know, they're playing at a different level intensity than if you're playing in the round robin or, you know, ultimately those are to me, they're kind of like warm up games. You want to have a high, a good seed, but you know, in this league that, you know, who you play against doesn't really matter. Anybody's, anybody's good you've seen two 12 seeds beat five seeds you know kind of to me who cares about your seeding um they're just kind of numbers that they have to put on and it's probably you know if you really look at it in the regular season the the two seed to the six seed is probably a difference of maybe four points two games sometimes so um i don't think it means another team's better but i i you nailed it about the confidence piece and i think that's so important right now you're coming off of four and a half months off you don't have a whole lot of time to get together with your team you kind of don't know you know the guys, you know who's good and not, and, and who plays well with who, um, but you haven't played in so long. So if it's it's confidence and staying healthy. Those are the two things that I think, at least for round one, going into the real round one now, is who's been playing with some confidence, who feels good about themselves. The Hawks have got to feel good about their game. Coming off a regular season that wasn't so great and a lot of ups and downs, and kind of felt like a 500 season. Now you come out and you, you, you spank around a really good Edmonton Oilers hockey team and play some of your best hockey you played all year. You look like you're in mid-season form. Playoffs are all about momentum and confidence, and right now the Hawks have a ton of it. Um, so you, you're right, and they've played some, some big-time games. Uh, the other reason I liked what they just went through was because whether it's Vegas or Colorado, they're two, again, high high powered transition offensive teams and you're going to give up chances you're going to get scored on you may get scored on early and they were able to keep bouncing back and so that's something that i know all of a sudden you're down one or two zero in the first period in a playoff game well if you just beat the team that did that to you a couple times you can talk about that in the dressing room and say guys we've been there we're okay everybody settle down let's get back to it a little bit here let's get back to our game Let's start putting some heat on their defensemen. Let's start creating some turnovers. Let's let's draw some penalties. Our power play has been great. Our power plays bailed us out time and time again. Um, so you, you got a lot of things you can draw on that these round robin teams may not be able to draw on quite yet. You mentioned it, Colorado and Vegas, the two teams that uh, 
basically they go head to head in their last round robin game on Saturday afternoon. By the time you're listening to this podcast, that game is either uh, underway or, or perhaps even over. But two teams that provide very different storylines and very different challenges, but big challenges for the Blackhawks. You have Colorado, who's the third highest scoring team, uh, and boy, did they show that against uh, the Blackhawks in their me- meetings this season, putting up eight and I think seven goals in a couple different uh, a couple different times. And then you have the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, have Robin Leonard, who was the backstop, one of the backstops of this team early on, uh, traded at the trade deadline. They've got, uh, like you mentioned, another solid team with them. Uh, they went to the Cup run. Uh, just a few years ago with Ryan Carpenter on their team. I mean, two very different challenges, but I think very intriguing matchups uh, for this Blackhawks team that you mentioned, you know, kind of an up and down season, but really everything came together at the right time because this team was playing so well late in the year. They started to really figure things out, but at that point they'd kind of dug themselves too big of a hole maybe to, to get back into the postseason race. Well, all bets are off now and you're in the postseason and you get to carry that uh, understanding of the system that that you know everyone's kind of feeling comfortable and feeling strongly about how you're playing and uh, you know it's a brand new table and you're you're sitting you're one of 24 teams sitting at it so it's kind of a, a it's a welcome change for this Blackhawks team that uh, otherwise probably would have been in just a building year and a learning year but uh, finishing strong over the last probably two months of the season. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said um, with not having a whole lot of time to prepare. And, and and I know people may say, well, isn't that a bad thing? I, I, I really think for this Blackhawks team, um, it was a good thing that they didn't have a whole lot of time to you know, sit around and watch video and have some practices just to go over certain slow systems kind of thing. Sometimes it's just best to not think and just get out there and go. And, um, you know, you have a new staff that came in that wants to break some things down and try and change things. And we saw that this season with defensive zone coverage, sometimes being good and then making a couple tweaks. And then for a couple weeks, it not being so good. You heard guys saying after games a lot during this year that we're still kind of figuring out our, our coverages and there's some things we need to work on. We need to work on them. We're doing a lot of video and we're doing a lot of work and practice, making some tweaks and changes. And that takes time. And it's a good thing to spend the time to do that. And in the regular season, you do have that time. But as a player too, sometimes, honestly, it's, I just want to play, man. I want to get out there and go. And I, I've got to have my responsibilities. I've got to have my checks. I've got to know what's going on here. Um, but sometimes too much thinking can slow you down and letting your instincts take over. There's something to be said about that when you've got great players with great instincts um, just play fast right now. And as the series goes on, you'll have more time. You know, the, the Hawks will have some time to, to, to add some adjustments to their game, and Jeremy will do a great job doing that for them. Um, but I think in round one, I think it benefited this team that it was just, you know, let's go out and play. We're the underdog. We got nothing to lose. Nobody's expecting us to win. We've thrown a lot of information at you, uh, the coaching staff could say. But at, at the end of the day, let's go out and let's just play fast. Let's put some heat on these guys and go and and I think uh, there's a lot to be said about that, and I think the Hawks benefited from that. And I think the next series it'll be a little a little bit of the same too. Is that you don't have a whole lot of time to break stuff down, but man, if you can play fast and put some heat on teams and make people uncomfortable, the X's and O's don't quite matter quite as much all the time. All right, I have an off the wall question for you because it's been well documented as your your part of that 2010 team that every time the the team won around, there was a, there was a party to be had, a celebration to be had. You're one of those players sitting in the bubble uh, in Edmonton. 
how do you go about celebrating a series and not getting too high on it because you know you do have four rounds left but celebrating your accomplishment i mean how difficult or how surreal would that be as a player to kind of you know go out and, and win a big series like that you kind of have your your uh past history of maybe going to a different bar or, or go celebrate with your teammates somewhere or even go just have a nice dinner with your family, whatever you may do, and you're you're in the bubble. How do you approach that, Burr? I, it's a good question. I, yeah, it was, that's what, you know, when we had one after every series, we had done something. If we were on the road, the next, you know, we, we beat, who was it, Vancouver. The next day we went to Alcatraz as a team. You know, it was kind of like it was just a fun get away from hockey, forget about hockey for a day and – and, um, and then we went for a nice team dinner with all the staff that was, you know, we were on the road and kind of weren't able to come back to Chicago. So just different things like that, that kind of your little escape from hockey and, and kind of feel good about what you just did. Well, how do they do it now? I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows. Nobody, I don't know what's going on in that. Um, I, I, so they have tennis courts. They maybe go play golf today or tomorrow. They maybe sit around and watch the, I know there's a lot of golfers on the team. They maybe sit around and watch the, the PGA championship. Um, I just think you take a day off, I think, is what's kind of the nicest part is you just have a day where you don't go to the rink, you don't have to practice, you don't have to watch video, and you can just kind of sit around with the guys, you're, you're just with the team. That was, it wasn't so much about what, what, you know, where we went or what we did after, the, after the, each round that you win, it's that you're just, you do something together and kind of talk about it and talk about the series and the things that happened and the little battles that, that went on and um, that's the kind of the, the fun stuff where you can, you can sit back, you chill out, you kick your feet up and you kind of talk about what happened, but you're all together and you're all feeling good about each other. And you're, you're telling each other how great you all are. And, and, um, and that's, that, that's what makes it fun. And that's when you can kind of relax and, and feel good about yourselves. But, um, this is certainly different with having all those guys there. You can't go see your family and, um, you know, your parents can't tell you how, you know, how, how you were the best player on the ice and, and buy you, buy you a dinner. But, um, but that's what they'll do is they'll sit around together and make fun of each other and, and, and talk about the series and, and get ready for the next one. Well, they've earned it. They've earned Saturday's off day. Uh, it is an off day in Edmonton, no practice, uh, no media avail, no nothing happening today uh, because it was a great series. They took out the Oilers. They've advanced officially to the 2020 Stanley cup playoffs and, Burr, we've got another round to dissect. We'll see who it is later this afternoon, and we'll keep going from there. The first round, I believe, is expected to start uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday this upcoming week, so not a whole lot of time to rest and recover because we're right back in it. Yeah, well, and, and, uh, at least a couple days, so I, I hope the guys take a couple days and stay away from the rink and just kind of reset your mind and get ready to go. This is going to be crazy uh, run here in the Stanley Cup with games probably being played every other day and some back-to-backs the rest of the, the rest of the way. So it is going to be about staying healthy and, and guys are going to get sore and tired. This is bananas how the level these guys are playing at right now. Uh, but it's sure going to be fun to watch. I'm glad we just get to talk about it. Don't have to go out there and actually play. Yeah. We have the easy job. We <laughs> yeah. sit on the couch and watch it and then exactly. talk about it the next morning. Well, Burr, always great to talk to you. We'll talk soon and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, your afternoon. And, uh, We'll see you in the first round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. Cool. See you, Carter. That will do it for this week's episode of Blackhawks Insider. For Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time. Presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. (laughs) 